Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. The White House is seeking to discredit parts of the Justice Department report on President Biden's handling of classified documents that described him as an elderly man with poor memory. As NPR's Asma Khalid reports, Vice President Kamala Harris described the comments as politically motivated. Harris said as a former prosecutor, she found the comments made by this prosecutor, quote, inaccurate and inappropriate. The vice president also pointed out Biden sat down for an in-person interview with the special counsel's office just a day after Hamas attacked Israel as he was dealing with an international crisis. So the way that the president's demeanor in that report was characterized could not be more wrong on the facts and clearly politically motivated. This comes as the White House seeks to downplay concerns about the president's age that have been magnified by the report. Asma Khalid, NPR News. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz is in the U.S. for bilateral talks with President Biden. The meeting at the White House covered several international issues, including the state of continued U.S. support for Ukraine against Russia's almost two-year war there. Biden reiterated his administration's support for sustained help for Ukraine. I want to thank you all for your leadership in the very beginning. And you've done something no one thought could get done. You've doubled Germany's military aid to Ukraine this year. And it's really important. We've got to step up and do our part now. There's been vocal House Republican opposition to additional U.S. military support for Ukraine. And Schultz said he hopes Congress ultimately will approve more aid. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says he's ordered the military to prepare what he's calling a dual plan for the town at the southern end of the Gaza Strip, both evacuating the civilian population and launching a ground invasion against Hamas. NPR's Greg Myrie reports. Prime Minister Netanyahu is warning that Israel could soon send ground troops into Rafah, the town on Gaza's southern border with Egypt. Israeli troops have advanced from north to south in Gaza, and Rafah is the last Hamas stronghold. However, the Biden administration and aid groups are warning this could lead to a huge loss of life because well over one million Palestinian civilians are squeezed into tent camps in and around the town. Netanyahu didn't say where the displaced Palestinians might go. With the Egyptian border closed, the only route that appears possible at present would be to head north back to the devastated Gaza towns they came from. Greg Myrie, NPR News, Tel Aviv. On Wall Street, the S&P 500 today closed above 5,000 for the first time in the history of the S&P, gaining 28 points to close at 5,026. This is NPR News in Washington. Meta Platforms has removed the Facebook and Instagram accounts of Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, Iran's supreme leader. NPR's Peter Kenyon reports both the Farsi and English language accounts were blocked. The move by Meta came after months of what critics called incessant campaigning by pro-Israeli groups. Meta said the removals were in response to what it called repeated violations of its dangerous organizations and individuals policy. 
Prior to the removal of the Supreme Leader's accounts, Meta had been taking down pro-Palestinian content on both social media platforms, according to a report by Human Rights Watch. The account removals came on the same day that Khamenei said Israel's ongoing war in the Gaza Strip was a tragedy for the Muslim world and for humanity. Iranian media noted that neither Facebook nor Instagram have taken any similar steps regarding accounts owned by Israeli officials. Peter Kenyon, NPR News, Istanbul. Seiji Ozawa, the conductor who led the Boston Symphony Orchestra longer than any other music director, has died at age 88. As a teenager, a rugby injury led Ozawa to switch his musical pursuits from piano to conducting. In 1959, he won the International Competition of Orchestra Conductors in France. Eventually, Ozawa became the first Japanese conductor to attain celebrity status in the West. He directed the Boston Symphony Orchestra for a record 29 years, Seiji Ozawa known for his energetic style. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News, Washington. Listen to this podcast sponsor-free on Amazon Music with a Prime membership or any podcast app by subscribing to NPR News Now Plus at plus.npr.org. That's plus.npr.org.